following radio programs are original broadcasts. While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment, no other edits or modifications have been made. The listener may hear advertisements and notices for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that may no longer be available, nor are they endorsed by whose blind life is it anyway. Listener discretion is advised. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Pepsi Mama coming back at you with another episode of the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. And that Sunday is like an ice cream Sunday. And I started this a while ago and my stupid telephone rang because I forgot to put it on Do Not Disturb. Um... And I have some people that are allowed to break through, even if it does go on Do Not Disturb, but maybe that won't happen. Uh, the last call I got, it said spam risk, so. <laughs> but uh, we're glad to be back with you. Um, the reason you may notice that uh, on um, our Who's Blind Life Is It Anyway channel, we haven't been doing much of anything and that's because poor Victor and his family have been uh, suffering through COVID and uh, unfortunately with Victor it's lasted quite a while and just about worn him out but they all seem to be recovering now so um If you like what you hear, or if you don't like what you hear, <laughs> you can contact us. Um, you can contact me at uh, Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday, S U N D A E, at gmail.com. So it's Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday at gmail.com. So. Uh, you can uh, like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter. Well, you can also like it if you like certain things that we post. Um, and there's also YouTube, where you can subscribe to us. But if none of those options suit your fancy, um, you can get us on uh, any podcast that you like uh, Apple, Spotify uh, QCast just any place that does podcasts we're out there and uh, so it's kind of a good thing I'm starting this recording over because I forgot to tell you that while ago and I'm following my notes but sometimes when I follow my notes my finger ends up going down a line ahead of where I'm actually at and so it causes me to skip shame on me bad girl <laughs> but so anyway you use one of those options if you uh, either the podcast or Facebook or Twitter or YouTube uh, to listen to us and oh also uh, Lady A will 
she will play until she runs out of something to play because you so you can say uh play the afternoon radio theater sunday uh oh no you can't do that yet <laughs> you can say uh play the who's blind life is it anyway podcast and it will start at the most recent and it will play until you tell her to shut up so um but he, he is trying to get it to where you can pick whatever podcast you want to listen to and subscribe to that particular podcast. But he's not there yet, so um, we'll just have to wait a little while longer. Um, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to start putting my Sunday together. I've got a piece of banana bread on the bottom. And I'm going to put some French vanilla ice cream on top of that. And then I'm going to add some uh, butterscotch syrup. And then the next thing to come will be my strawberry and whipped cream, but we're not ready for that yet. So, kick back and listen to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and I'll be back with you. Ladies and gentlemen, we now present George Edwards, in the concluding episode of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll, what are you doing here? I was called in to attend to this young lady. A serious case of hysteria, I'm afraid. I, I must ask you to leave us as soon as possible. Otherwise, I can't answer for the results. Huh? What's the matter with her? She had a bad fright earlier in the night, and the sound of you knocking on the door downstairs seemed to have had a violent effect on her. Well, I'm sure I'm very sorry, but uh, we had our orders. We've got to search this place. A man by the name of Hyde. Edward Hyde, the murderer? That's him. He was seen in Kensington Gardens this afternoon, and it was reported to us. We traced him all over the place. First, he took a cab and went to a little hotel in Limehouse. We almost got him there, but he gave us the slip... Then he was seen down by the embankment. And last of all, we traced him here. Here? Yes, not ten minutes ago, someone saw him creeping along this street and hiding in the doorway. Someone came out and let him in, and he hasn't come out since. We've got the police around here all round the place, and we know. Well, you can see for yourself that he isn't in this room. Uh, do you want to look in the cupboard? Oh, I suppose we should, by right. Then go ahead, uh, but make it as brief as possible. I'm very alarmed at the condition of my patient here. I want to get her to a hospital as soon as possible. Well, it won't take two minutes, sir. It's just a matter of formality. Uh, come on, Bert and Ted. You look in that other room. I'll have a search in here. All right, go in, Bert. Helen. Helen, dear. It's all right, Helen. Helen, can you hear me? Oh, please. Please don't cry like that. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's Henry, 
Don't you know me? <laughs> don't look too good, does she? No. I must have help, but I don't like to leave her. Do you think one of your men could get me some sort of a cab? I've got to get her into a hospital. Do you think she'll be all right, sir? Well, what do you mean? Oh, she looks to me as though she's, well, what you might say, uh, sort of lost her reason. Don't say that. Why, what do you know about her? She's had a bad shock and nothing more. She'll be all right if only you'll do as I ask and not stand there gaping. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. No offense, Mitt. I'll go down and speak to the sergeant right away. Helen. Oh, Helen, my poor darling. Oh, don't say I've done this frightful thing to you. Must the curse fall on every living creature that I love? Oh, heaven, not this. Not this. someone in this house. Well, you can't get in here. The place is surrounded. What for? None of your business. What do you want to get inside for? Well, I've got to see a lady. Uh, I've got an urgent message for her. Well, it'll have to wait. No one gets in or out of this house till we've got the man we're looking for. Something serious? Just a plain case of murder, that's all. Murder? Here? No, not here. But the girl what done it is. Ever heard of Edward Hyde? Edward Hyde? He's here. Surest thing you know. We tracked him to this place, and we know he hasn't got out. But what would he be doing here? Why, this here is the most respectable neighborhood. Just shows you can't believe appearances. Maybe he came to pay a visit to the young lady you're after. Miss Peters. Why, you must be mad. Peters. Is it her you're after? Yes, why? I just come down from her room. There's something pretty funny the matter with her. Why, what do you mean? The doctor says she's had a fright. If you ask me, she's clean off her head. Miss Peters is? Yes. All right. Here they come now. Sergeant's letting them come because the doctor told him it's urgent. The doctor? Why, it's it's Dr. Jekyll. Do you know him? I'm his servant. We've been looking for him everywhere. Well, there he is, as large as life. Dr. Jekyll! Dr. Jekyll! My fool, whatever brings you here? I've been looking for you, sir, everywhere. Well, you found me. Come here. Give me a hand with Miss Peters. Take her other arm and help me get her into that cab. My goodness, sir, she do look bad. And to think that I was talking to her only this evening when she came to get that girl from your place. Shut up, you fool. Don't you see those men are listening? I'm sorry, sir. Do as I say. Take Miss Peter's arm and don't say a word until we're through this court to police. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes. Open your eyes and look at me. Where, where am I? You're in my home. I brought you here five days ago. Five days? I don't remember. Well, don't try to. You've been very ill, but you're getting better now. I'm taking care of you. Are you, Henry? What happened to me? Don't try to think. Just lie there. And let me hold your hand in mine. But, but there's something I, I want to remember. Something terrible. It's there at the back of my mind, but I, 
Can't quite find it. You mustn't. If you try to think and upset yourself, I'll have to give you something to put you to sleep again. You wouldn't want me to have to do that, would you? No. No. What happened at the clinic? They're doing the best they can. Dr. Lanyon will be back from his honeymoon at the end of next week. And that will make things better. But who's looking after all the sick people? Now, you're not to worry about that. That's how you've made yourself sick. You've been working too hard. You've had a very bad breakdown. I have? Yes. And you've got to take great care of yourself. As soon as you're well enough, I'm going to take you away. How would you like to go to the south of France or perhaps to Italy? Do, do you mean that? Of course I do. Now, you just lie there and don't talk. And think of where you'd like to go as soon as you get better. Will you stay here beside me? Well, I'll just go into the next room for a few minutes and have a word with your nurse. Then I'll come back. Don't be long, Henry. I feel afraid of something. I don't know what it is, but I don't want to be alone. I'll come back just as soon as ever I can. Now close your eyes and don't worry, dear. I'll try. Oh, miss. How long did she sleep this afternoon? About two hours, Doctor. And when she woke, you noticed signs of returning consciousness. Uh, did she say anything? She asked for something to drink. Nothing else? She seems to be trying to remember something. That's natural. She's been unconscious for five days, don't forget. And there's bound to be certain gaps in her memory. Will you try to remember everything she says and report it to me? Yes, of course. She didn't mention anything about someone named Hyde? No, sir, nothing at all. Good. Let me have a look at the temperature chart. Yes, that's much better. Just keep on as you're doing and avoid all excitement. She must be kept perfectly quiet. Oh, I quite understand that, sir. And I think you can reduce the number of doses of... Quickly, she's had another relapse. Look, she's out of bed. Helen! Get an injection ready, nurse. I'll manage her by myself. Helen, be quiet here. Be quiet. I'm not sick anymore. I remember everything. I remember how you came to my room. I can see you standing there, gripping the table. Your face, your hands, and your dreadful cry. Don't. You don't know what you're saying. You must be quiet. You must get back into bed. I'm not sick. I tell you, I can remember. You came to my place at midnight, didn't you? I opened the door. And there you were, crouching in the shadows. And the policeman with the lantern. Be quiet. This is all part of your sickness now. You've glimpsed it all. No, I haven't. I saw it with my own eyes. I saw you measure up the liquid and put it in the little white powder. And all the while they were knocking on the door. And you were terrified. And you turned to me with your face ghastly pale. And the perspiration running down your cheeks. I can see the way your mouth was open and you gasped for breath. And then you drank. Be calm. You must be calm. Don't you know what you're doing? You'll make yourself ill again. Let me go. Let me go. I won't stay in this house. I saw you. I saw you. I know what happened. I know what you are. Hold her arm while I get to her. We've got to get a calm again. No, no. Let me go. Don't touch me. Don't come near me. You're Edward Hyde. I saw you. I saw you with my own eyes, I tell you. What is she saying? 
It's the wildest form of delirium. Take no notice. I saw it, Don. I saw it. He dragged down the medicine and I saw him change. I saw him chained right before my very eyes. Hold on, now, steady. That's right. Oh, thank heavens for that. That shall soon be quiet. Quiet! I'll never be quiet! I'll never be quiet Helen, again! Helen, Helen, don't you understand that this is just a dream? It's not, it's not. I swear I saw it, Helen. I swear I saw it. I saw it just before my very eyes. Thank heaven. She's growing quieter. <laughs> Come and help me lift her into bed. The worst time she's ever had. Yes. It's very serious. If there are many more of them. Do you think her mind might be permanently affected? It may be. There. Poor soul. She's gone to sleep. We'll see how she is when she wakes. If she's no better... Will you be somewhere near? Yes. I've cancelled all engagements. I won't leave her. No one must attend her but myself. As long as she persists in this mad delusion. But I am Edward Hyde. absolutely quiet. If you were to go in and cause one of her attacks of hysteria, I, I really couldn't answer for the consequences. I, I can't believe it somehow. She was perfectly well when I saw her that evening. We had supper together. She was worried over you, of course, but as soon as she got your note... Did she tell you what was in it? No. She just read it and said she'd, she'd had to go to your house at once and and, and get you something. She didn't say what it was. I think she said something about some medicine. Oh, is that all? That's quite right. I was working on an emergency case and needed a special drug. She went off right away, and that's the last I, I ever saw of her. I just can't believe it somehow. Mrs. Peters, you must believe me. These things are very terrible, but Helen has been working under terrific pressure for a long while. We never know when the break is going to come, but when it does... Doctor, she'll get well again, won't she? You, you don't think it, it might be permanent? It's too early to say, but with quiet and constant care... Couldn't I help to look after her? I do everything you tell me to. I can't bear to think strangers are with her when her own mother... Perhaps in a little while it might be possible, but just at present... Only the most skilled nurse in world. she was so happy. If you could have only seen her face when she came and told me you'd asked her to marry you. Oh, please don't speak of that. 
You can imagine how this terrible sickness of hers affects me. I know. This is the grief we share in common, Henry. Oh, you, you don't mind if I call you that, do you? Of course not. As Helen's mother, you have every right to. She told me so much about you. And I look forward to the time we'd meet. I never thought that it would be like this. <laughs> I won't keep you any longer. You've got more than enough to do. If you'll just let me know how she is and, and when I can come and see her. I'll do that the first moment I think it will be safe. Now come. Let me show you to the door. Would you like me to call you a cab? Oh, no, no. I haven't far to go. I'm staying with my sister and she lives quite close to here. Uh, good. Then I can easily get in touch with you if it's necessary. I'm afraid you'll have to excuse me. It's Helen. She must be having one of her attacks again. Who? Uh, Who? Uh, will you show Mrs. Peter? Yes, Dr. Jekyll. This way, please, madam. Oh, Dr. Lesley. No, no, no. You must go at once. I'll have to attend to her myself. Uh, goodbye. Uh, this way, please, madam. This way. Uh, here, stop. Where are you going? I'm going upstairs. But you can't. I'm the doctor's upstairs. orders. I don't care what the doctor said. My child is up there sick and she's calling for me. It'll take more than you to keep me away from her. Get out of my way. But, but... Uh, Get out of my way, I said. Oh, Dr. Jekyll will be very angry. If you were in my place, what would you do? If I were in your place, madam, I would do exactly as you are doing. So help me, I would. Thank you. And now, will you let me my mother, I will, and you can't keep me away from her. Helen, dear, your mother is already gone. She's going to come back later on when you're feeling better. But there's nothing the matter with me now. I don't know why you're keeping me here. It's for your own good, my dear. It's not, it's not. It's because you're afraid I'll tell what I know. Oh, dear. The old delusion again. All right. Call it a delusion. Call it anything you like. But let me go. Let me see my mother. Helen, dear, that is not possible. <laughs> Why? Mother. Oh, mother. Mrs. Peters. Mrs. Peters, how dare you come up here? I heard her calling me. That is no reason. I told you she was in a highly dangerous condition. Don't you know that you're risking her very sanity? That isn't true. You can see for yourself. Look at her face. Look at her eyes. And do you wonder? Do you think I can ever be the same again after, after what I saw? Tell your mother what you saw, Helen. I saw... I saw... Oh, how can I tell her? No one will believe me. I insist that you tell her. Tell me, Helen. Tell me, dear. Oh, mother. Oh, perhaps he's right. Perhaps it was a terrible delusion. But tell me. What was it you think you saw? You remember that I got a letter telling me to go to his house and get the medicine? Yes, I remember. I did as he asked and waited for him to come. When the knock came to the door, I opened it. And there on the step I saw, not Henry Jekyll as I had thought, but... But Edward Hyde. What? Edward Hyde? The murderer? Yes. But, but what was he doing there? Did you call for help? No. He told me he'd come from Henry. I was frightened and let him come inside. 
He asked for the drug. He seemed half beside himself with fear and told me something would happen to Henry if he didn't get it. I took him up to my room. Go on. I showed him the drawer which held the drug. And just as he was about to go, we heard a loud knocking on the street door. It was the police. The police? Yes, they'd seen him come into the house. They'd been trailing him all afternoon and had now come to arrest him for the murder of Mr. Utterson. Oh, heaven. How oh, terrible. Wait, wait, Mother. I opened the window and called down to them. And when I turned back into the room, there was Hyde. I saw it, I tell you, I saw it in my own eyes. What did you see? I saw him rush to the drawer, take out the bottle of red fluid, pour some into a glass, and the white powder. And when it had dissolved, he, he put it to his lips and drank. I thought it was poison. I rushed forward to seize it from him. But he'd fallen to the floor. I've seen people who've taken strychnine. I've seen epilepsy. But I'd never seen anything so terrible as the seizure that he had then. I just stood there, paralyzed with horror. And then he seemed to change. I can't explain it. But his face seemed to swell up and glow black. And his features seemed to melt and alter. His whole body changed before my very eyes. Everything grew black before me. I sprang away and held my hands before my eyes to hide the horror from them. And when I looked again, he'd got up to his feet, was clinging to the edge of the table. And I swear that what I say is true. The man I saw there, gasping for breath, pale and terrible, was Henry Jekyll. What are you saying? Now, will you believe me when I tell you that she is completely unbalanced. I'm not, I'm not. I saw it, I tell you. Helen, dear, you mustn't upset yourself like this. Oh, Henry. What are we going to do about her? I'll give her another sedative and put her to sleep. Sleep? Sleep? You're always putting me to sleep. Why don't you do the job properly and put me to sleep forever? Helen. Oh, Mother, take me away from here. I'm not mad. If you let me go, I'll never tell another living soul what I saw. Helen, Helen, my dear, Helen. I'll let you go, my dear. As soon as you are well. As soon as you can persuade me that I imagined it all. I'll never believe that, never. Come, come now. Take this sleeping draft and rest. You've had far too much excitement, my dear. Oh, yes, take it, Helen. It's for your own good, dear. You too, Mother. You too. Oh, won't anyone believe me? I'm not mad, I tell you. I'm not mad. No, no, my dear, you're not mad. But you're very, very sick. Oh. Now, calm yourself. Calm yourself. Now, just drink this down and go to sleep. I'll let your mother come and see you tomorrow. Come now. That's a good girl. Drink it down. That's a good girl. We'll leave you now, my dear. I want to have a little talk to your mother. And then I will come back. Now, will you be all right? Yes. Yes, I'm all right. Nurse will look after you. Come, Mrs. Peter. Oh, Henry. Henry, this is terrible. You see what I mean? Oh, yes, of course 
What will be the end of it? I'm hoping that rest and quiet and unremitting care will bring her round. And... and if not? If this strange delusion doesn't pass, well, we may have to find some way of safeguarding her against herself. You... you don't mean some sort of home? Well, it's early to think of that, but it may become necessary. Oh, no. No. Not my lovely sane girl. Don't you think it breaks my heart as much as yours? This, this most dreadful thing that has ever happened to me. I'd give my very life if I could make her well again. Have you any idea what, what made her like this? Yes. I believe that she did open the door and saw Edward Hyde standing there. After all, we have the evidence of the police that he came to that house that night. And do you think he did something to her? I think that the shock and terror of seeing him there may have unbalanced her. So that's another crime against the name of Edward Hyde. I wonder, is there any punishment terrible enough to fit the sins of such a man? There is a punishment awaiting Edward Hyde. That will be more terrible than anything that you could ever imagine. With every hour that passes, it is creeping on him, and he knows, as I do... That there is no escape. back from London? Oh, just a few minutes ago. I caught the early morning train. Oh, why didn't you let us know? Oh, I made up my mind in a hurry and didn't wait to send a telegram. Tell me, are you glad to see me? Of course I am. You'll be just in time for the garden party at Lady Winston's. You can be my partner in the mixed doubles if you like. Oh, I'd love to. But I didn't come all the way down from London to play tennis with you, Margaret, my dear. You look very serious. What's the matter? I... I've got something to tell you. Shall we go for a walk through the garden? Yes, by all means. I was just going out when you called me. I wanted to pick some delphiniums for your mother's room. You don't know how much I love to see you so much at home down here, Margaret. You just seem as though you belong. Your mother and father make me feel that way. I can't tell you how kind they've been. Of course they have. They love you, that's why. Margaret, I... Shall we go into the garden? Yes, come along. We'll go out through this door. Tell me what you did in London. Did you have a good time? Not very. Why? I was longing to get back here all the time. I... I don't have to tell you why, do I? Please, John. You can't stop me, Margaret. I've come down here to say these things to you, and you must hear them. But if I don't want to hear them... Why don't you? Margaret, it's months now since I spoke of this. You asked me to give you time. Haven't I been patient long enough? You've been marvelous. Don't think I'm not grateful. Grateful? Do you think it's gratitude I want from you? Margaret, look at me. I've reached a decision. 
I'm not going to stand by and see you let the best years of your life go by for the, for the sake of a man who I really believe is absolutely worthless. Why do you say that? Because of certain things I heard in London. What were they? Don't look at me like that. I'm not merely carrying gossip back to you. It's because your happiness and mine is at stake that you've got to know. Very well, then. What is it? A friend of mine, someone whose word I can absolutely trust, was in a jeweler's shop in Bond Street one day last week. Go on. Jekyll came in while he was there. He had a woman with him. They were buying an engagement ring. What? It's true. You heard it all. They chose a ring of sapphires and went out of the place arm in arm. Oh, don't tell me anymore. Don't please. My dear, I could kill him for hurting you so much. It's all right. Actually, I, I knew it all along. You knew? Yes. I saw him when I was in town a few weeks ago. He told me then. That's why you came back looking so... so white and strained. Oh, why didn't you tell me? What could you have done? Couldn't I have helped a little bit? Doesn't the fact that I love you and would do anything in the world to make you happy count for anything? Indeed it does. More than you can ever guess. Then marry me. Let me take you away. Let's begin a new life together and wipe out all the old disappointments and pain. Do you think that's possible? Yes, of course I do. You don't know what a really happy love can be. You've never really been happy with Henry. There was always some sort of dark shadow over him all the time. Perhaps you're right. And perhaps that's why I loved him so much. He seemed to need love more than... more than anybody else I knew. It'll take more than your love to help him now. What do you mean? Well, I... I don't know exactly... But there are strange stories about him. People are beginning to whisper. What about? What has he done? He's been drinking. He failed to attend an important operation at a hospital. I caught sight of him for a moment only yesterday, and I was astounded at the change in him. Then something must be wrong. He'd never do that unless there was. Yes, there's something wrong, all right. There's always been something wrong with him. Some queer, sinister streak in him that's coming to the fore. Margaret... Don't you remember when we were children how he how he sometimes seemed to be possessed of something almost unholy? Then perhaps we shouldn't judge him too harshly. Well, perhaps not. But can't you see that he's no man for you, my dear? What what happiness could there possibly have been with him? I don't know. I just know that he he seemed to possess me body and soul. And I'd have done anything for him. Gone anywhere he wished. But that's all over now, isn't it? He's going to marry someone else. Yes. All over. And you? Aren't you going to marry someone else? Someday? I suppose so. Then let it be soon. Don't let the time slip by. Oh, how can I take so much from you and give so little in return? I'll be content. Just to have you with me always is... I'm so tired, John. So tired. Yes, I know. I'll help you to forget... We'll be happy together. We'll be happy. But I don't think I'll forget. Ever. Helen, will you talk to me for a while? Yes, Henry. I've come to tell you that I've reached a big decision about you. 
I'm going to send you away to my house in the country. What do you mean? What are you going to do with me when I'm there? You needn't be afraid, my dear. I won't go with you. I'm going to remain here. There'll just be you and your mother and the servants to wait on you. Why are you doing this, Henry? Because... Oh, because I can't pretend to you any longer. You were right, Helen. What you saw that night in your house in Bloomsbury is true. Then you admit it. It wasn't a terrible dream. It really happened. Yes. Everything you've said is right. I did come to you in the shape of Hyde. I did take that dreadful dose. And you saw me change back into Henry Jekyll with your own eyes. No, no. In spite of myself, I've begun to believe you. I've begun to think that it wasn't possible. I know that. But something happened last night that, that makes it impossible possible for me to, to go on deceiving you. Henry, you look terrible. You're pale and trembling. What has happened? A punishment more terrible than anything I ever imagined has descended on me. And I must face it alone. That is why I'm sending you away. But you must tell me. Sometimes I think I'm really going mad. I know what I saw. Yet I know it isn't possible. In the realm of science, my dear, nothing is impossible. What has science got to do with you and Edward Hyde? Everything. It was my knowledge of science, imperfect though it is, that brought him into being. What do you mean? You're not saying that you created him? No. That was done the moment I was born. Edward Hyde is nothing more or less than the visible form of my lower, baser self. I can't understand. I know I saw him. I know I saw him change to you. But still, I feel it isn't possible. Let me put it this way. You know that within yourself there are two forces. One for good, one for evil. Haven't you been conscious of them? Of course, that applies to everybody. To everybody. But only to me occurred the thought that these two elements could be freed from one another. The evil to follow his inclinations, the good to pursue his highest ideals without the constant urge to abandon the austere path of the spirit and indulge to the full the flesh. Henry, when I hear you speak like that, when I see your face as it is now, all the horror of the past few days vanishes. You're once more the man I loved and worked with. I can see again the tender, compassionate face of the saint bending over the suffering men and women who came to you for help. And can't we forget all that happened? Can't we go back to the clinic again? They're waiting for you, Henry. I can never go back again. But why? You can't desert them. Think how they need you. Who'll look after them if you're not there? I hope that you and my friend Hugh Lanyon will take my place. But why? Why? I don't understand what you've been telling me. Seems like some sort of nightmare. Oh, if only it was. If only I could wake and realize that the horror that possesses me was nothing more than a dreadful vision of the night. Henry, tell me. What is it that makes you shudder and turn pale? I've brought this terrible fate on myself. Therefore, I... I must endure it alone. But what is it? What? In the beginning, it was Jekyll who was stronger than Hyde. And now... Now it is the other way. Hyde is the master. I am now his slave. 
But how? He takes possession of me any time he likes. No. At one time, he could only appear when I took the medicine. Now I have to take it to change myself back into Jekyll. Oh. It happens more and more frequently. I have to take stronger and stronger doses, even to the danger of my life. Henry, no. Oh, no. Oh, don't cry, dear. Don't cry, dear. I had no right to tell you. Yes, yes, you had. I wanted to know. We'll fight it together. There must be some way. None that I know of. You must go on taking the medicine. You must fight against him all the time. But I can't fight. I can't fight. I feel myself growing weaker. Weaker after each attack. At one time, Hyde was weak and puny. Now, he has been indulged to the full. He is possessed of a terrible strength. He attacks me like a raging monster. I have no power to resist him. Perhaps if I were with you... No, never dream of such a thing. I, I couldn't answer for, for what might happen. He's now so vile, I, I dare not let him loose. As soon as I feel the first shudders that warn me of his coming... I have to lock myself in my laboratory where no one ever comes and where I keep the drugs that can restore me back to sanity. But as long as you have that... Ah, yes, as long as I have it. And there lies my horror and my final dreadful doom. I have only enough of the original for three more doses. Three more doses. And though I have ransacked London... There is no more to be had. And then the end. Either I must remain forever hidden from the sight of men, or go out and meet my punishment on the gallows. Oh, it's impossible. It can't be true. Oh, I used to say that too. But now I know there's no escape. At any hour of the night or day, I feel the horrible shuddering that warns me of the coming of Hyde. If I fall asleep, I always wake as Hyde. He creeps on me if I leave myself unguarded for a moment. He plays the most fiendish tricks on me. I have no peace, no soul of my own. He possesses me like a demon which only the power of the drug can drive out. And soon, I won't have that. But there must be more. Where did you get it before? I got it from a wholesale chemist several years ago. And have you asked them for more? I've had every chemist in England searching for it. It was a rare kind of mineral salt that came from the Ural Mountains. But can't they get any more? They can. They can supply me with unlimited quantities, but it's useless. It doesn't have the least effect. But why? Isn't it the same? Well, they swear it is. I can only conclude that the first lot I had was imperfect. In some way that no one knows anything about... There was... There was another element mixed with the essential salts. What it was, I... I haven't the slightest idea. But it was that mysterious unknown chemical that gave me the power to split myself in two... and without which I am lost. You mustn't give up. We'll find some more. But when... The amount I've left will last me at most another two days. 
And that's only if I remain awake the whole time and never relax my vigilance for an instant. Oh, Henry, my dear, my dear. When the end comes, Helen, the thought of your bravery and loyalty will be the last thoughts to sustain me. Nothing could have been more fine nor nobler than you. But I'm afraid for you. You must go. I can't tell you of the baseness of the creature I become when Hyde possesses me. There are thoughts of you, but... Oh, don't let us speak of that. One thing is certain. You must go. You mean now? Yes, now. Now, at once. At any moment, I may cease to be the man you know. I can't leave you alone like this. Oh, don't ignore what I say. You must go. I insist on it. Pack your things... I've already told my coachman to have the carriage waiting for you. He'll take you to your mother's house. Tomorrow, he'll call again and take you to the train. I'll make all the arrangements for you to stay at my house in Norfolk. It's yours. I've made out the deeds. I want you to live there as long as you like. But I... Don't say anything. There's no time for explanations. I've done what I could in the little time that's left. It comforted me a little to feel that I could provide for you and make you free from want for the rest of your life. And now... You want me to go? You must. This is farewell. It has to be. Goodbye, my love. Think of me. And pray for me. Day and night. And if you send for me, no matter when or where... Never. I forbid you to come. You must never come near me. It would be Hyde who sent the message. After tomorrow, there shall be no more of Henry Jekyll, this side of eternity. right above us. Just like a tiny speck in the blue. Oh, darling, if Jenny Lind herself were floating around singing arias, I'm far too lazy to get excited. <laughs> if you don't get out and hurry, we'll be late for dinner. Do you know how touchy old Mrs. Harris is over her cooking? She's promised a steak and kidney pudding, too. It's only 12 o'clock. Oh, but we've got about four miles to walk back to the village. Well, it's such lovely country. I don't want to have to hurry. All right. Oh, dear. <clears throat> Pull me up. Pull you up? Well, certainly. You may be on your honeymoon, Mrs. Lanyon, but it's time you started on your wifely duties. Come on, Paul. Oh, you great naked brute. (laughs) (laughs) There now. See what you've done? Oh, I've fallen backwards into a gorse bush. Oh, Oh, help me out. All in good time. You look quite charming sitting there. Oh, have you ever sat in a gorse bush? I've got vivid recollections of a patch of scotch thistles. Oh, come on, up you get. Come on. Dr. Lanyon. Dr. Lanyon. Hello. Who's that calling down there? I don't know. How funny he looks dressed up in that long frock coat. Hmm. Looks like somebody's butler on a day off. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't be. Couldn't be what? Well, I had a funny idea that he was Henry Jekyll's butler, Poole. Well, that's impossible. What would he be doing up here at the English Lakes? Perhaps he's on a honeymoon, too. Poole? <laughs> he's a respectable father of five bouncing young Britons. Well, he seems to be very excited over something. Whoever he is, he's waving something in his hand and climbing the hill for, for all his worth. Well, let's go down and meet him. Then I get there first. Come on. Oh, no, wait. I believe you're right. 
It is Paul. Oh, don't be silly. It is. I caught a glimpse of his face and he looked up a moment ago. There. Don't you see? Great Scott. So it is. What on earth is he doing up here? Perhaps something's happened down in London. But why should he come all the way up here to tell us about it? Let's go quickly. I don't like the look of it. There must be something very much the matter to drag Poole out of his native haunts. Give me your hand. We'll take the shortcut down the slope. Oh, Dr. Mannion, sir. Thank heaven I found you. Oh, what are you doing here? I've come all the way to tell you. I tried to put it in a letter, but it didn't seem possible. What didn't? What's the matter? I don't know, sir, and that's the plain truth. But it's Dr. Jekyll. There is something happened to him, and I don't know what it is. For heaven's sake, man, put it in words. Is he ill? Has he disappeared? No, sir. He's at home. Or, or he was when I left. But he shut himself up in the inner room of his laboratory, and he won't come out. What? I know you'll find it hard to believe, sir. That's why I didn't feel that writing a letter was any use. I had to tell you myself. Well, uh, well sit down and tell me. Uh, Nancy, you don't mind if we're a little late for Mrs. Harris's beefsteak pudding? Oh, of course not. This is far more important. Oh, indeed, ma'am. You don't know how urgent... Something's happened to the master, though what it is, heaven alone knows. Now, start at the beginning, Poole, and tell us all you know. Well, you know the doctor's way, sir. How he likes to shut himself away in that room and work on his experiments. Well, I didn't take no notice for the first few days. And then when he wrote a note telling me to put his food on a tray and leave it outside the door and on no account to stay there or allow anyone to come near the place, I began to get worried and no mistake. But uh, why should he want his food put on a tray? I don't know, sir. Unless it was that he didn't want to see or be seen by anyone. This is fantastic. You're not... you're not imagining all this. I only wish I was. Look, I brought the note to show you. Read it for yourself. Put my food on a tray outside the door of my laboratory. As soon as you have done this, go away at once and do not return... Under any pretext, whatever, for at least an hour. In addition to this, do not allow any other person besides yourself to come near the building. These are my explicit instructions and must not be disobeyed. Henry Jekyll. Oh, good heavens. You see, sir. And, and what's happening while you're away? Well, I had to take a chance. I, I felt I couldn't get along without your help, Dr. Lanyon. So I got my wife to take the food across. I know the doctor will be angry, but I can't help that. Tell me the rest. Well, sir, it's nearly a week now since he last came out. I can't tell you the awful feeling that's been over us all. We've been creeping round the house as though someone died. Two of the maids gave notice. And I've given orders for lights to be kept burning all night. But, but that's all nonsense. The doctor probably engaged in some very difficult work. He just doesn't want to be disturbed. Oh, I wish I could think that, Mrs. Lanyon. And that's the truth. And what do you think of happened? It's my belief, sir. There's been foul play. Foul play? What on earth do you mean? Oh, I daren't name it, sir. But I beg of you that you'll come back to London right away and help me find out. Of course I'll come back with you. But but tell me what you mean. All this sounds like, like some sort of, sort of nightmare. That's just what it is, sir. The sort of thing that makes you wake up in the night in a cold sweat of fear. I tell you, sir, there's not one of us who'd venture across that courtyard and into the little building after darkness falls. Not if you was to give us a thousand pounds. But why? Why? Wait till you've heard. Though I hope for your sake that you never will. Well, heard what? The dreadful cries and the moans that come out through the door. All this week, him or it or whatever it is that hides in that room 
has been crying night and day for some sort of medicine and cannot get it. Every time I, I go there with the food, I find sheets of people lying waiting for me. Every one of them telling me to go to some chemist to try and find the drug he wants. Have you got one of those notes? Yes. Here it is. This is written in the doctor's hand. I, I know it anywhere. That's true, sir. And what happens when you take it to the chemist? Oh, they're sick of the sight of me, one and all. They tell me they sent what he asked for, but he returns it, saying it's not the right sort. Don't you see what's written at the bottom of the note I've given you? For God's sake, find me some of the old. Yes, it's a strange note, but it was written by the doctor, and that proves he's still alive. He was when it was written. But what does that tell us? Dr. Lanyon, I've seen him. Seen him? What do you mean? It's the belief in my heart that there's been murder done. Murder? That can't be possible. Dr. Lanyon, I pray with all my heart that you are right. But I'm mortally afraid. The creature that I saw that day in the shadows of the laboratory was none other than the man who murdered Mr. Utterson six months ago. The dreadful Edward Hyde. Making no mistake, the hideous creature I saw scuttle up the stairs and through the laboratory door was Hyde. I'd know him anywhere. Haven't I had to wait on him when he came to stay in the doctor's house? I don't doubt you, Paul, but, but what on earth is he doing in Dr. Jekyll's laboratory? The man's been handed in every corner of the kingdom. There's 2,000 pounds reward offered for his capture. How could Henry Jekyll hide such a creature? I would never have come up here if the need wasn't desperate. Oh, I've been driven half distracted, sir. What for the worry of Dr. Jekyll and the poor people coming, ringing at the door, asking what for him? poor people? The people from the clinic, sir. They're lost without him, and that's the truth. Oh, it fair ring your heart, it would, to hear the way they plead for him to come and look after their sick. But, but what happened? Isn't Nurse Peter still down there? Nurse Peter, sir. The poor young lady's been too bad herself to look after anyone. Nurse Peters? What's been the matter with her? I don't rightly know, sir. But Dr. Jekyll brought her to the house a week before he went into the laboratory. No one saw her but himself, and the nurse he had to look after her. But from what I heard, it seemed as though... As though, well, she... She seemed to be partly out of her mind, sir. What? Why, you must be crazy. Helen Peters out of her mind and Dr. Jekyll murdered? What sort of crazy yarn is this? Oh, I know, sir. And that's why I came all the way up here to see you. If I'd put it in a letter, you'd never have believed me. I don't believe you now. This couldn't have happened. 
Where's Miss Peters now? The doctor gave orders that she was to be taken down to his house in Norfolk, sir. I saw her just before she left. Oh, she looked mortal bad, sir. And the saddest look I ever saw on any woman's face. She seemed in a sort of a dream. She just walked down the stairs and out of the door and never said a word. Oh, stop. If you tell him any more, I, I believe I'm going mad, too. Has the whole world tumbled to pieces? Oh, we need you, Dr. Lanyon. Someone's got to come and try and put things right. I'll come. I'll come right away. Helen, dear, here's a letter for you. Do you feel well enough to read it? Yes, Mother, I'll read it. That's a good girl. You're looking ever so much better today. A few weeks of this lovely country air should make you quite well again. Do you think so, Mother dear? I wish I did. Read your letter, and we'll go for a little stroll out in the garden. You never saw anything like the delphiniums and the roses. And they'll make you better just to see them. Do you know, there's the dearest little pony cart and an old fat cob in the stables. I was talking to the head groom about it this morning. How would you like to go for a drive through the park? Trees are looking lovely. Just the ferns, the little tinge of ferns and and faint tinge of the autumn. Why, dear? What? What's the matter? Is the bad news in the letter? No. You may read it if you like. What is it? Why, it's some sort of document. A deed of gift. Yes. From Henry. He's given me this house and the parklands and all the land. He told me he was doing that before... before we said goodbye. <laughs> Helen, dearest, don't cry. You mustn't upset yourself. This was done to make you happy, not to cause you any pain. Happy? No, I... I don't think Henry expected me to be happy. My darling, I wish I could tell you what... I, I wish you could tell me what happened between you... Is it so final? If ever I saw a man with mortal grief on his face, it, it was Henry Jekyll the morning we left to come down here. Though I'm sure he loves you. Oh, please, Mother, please. If only you knew how it tortures me to hear you say that. Sorry, dear, I, I won't say it again. We must regard him as dead. None of us will see him again. Ever. Is he stricken with some dreadful illness, dear? Yes. An illness so dreadful. So terrible. But my mind can't bear to think of it. And yet I can't help myself. I sit here thinking of him alone, facing that dreadful doom. And I can't do anything. I can't even be with him. But can't anything be done? Aren't there done? Nothing and no one can help him. Do you think I would have come away if there'd been any hope? Oh, then don't let's talk about it anymore. It only upsets you and... If nothing can be done for him, come. We'll go into the garden. Would you like a shawl to put round your shoulders? Mother, I'd like to go alone. Do mind. But are you strong enough? Of course I am. There's nothing the matter with me physically. Very well, then. But don't walk too far. I'll come down to you in, in half an hour. Yes, do. I'll, I'll be down under that beech tree at the end of the lawn... I think perhaps I'd better wear a coat. It, it might turn cold. Yes, do. Now, now, take care of yourself. I will. 
Goodbye. Why? Why do you kiss me like that? I'll be seeing you in half an hour. got a pony cart and cob here that I could drive. Uh, yes, Miss Peters. Do you think I could have it right away? Well, you're going to drive it yourself, Miss. Yes. I'm feeling so much better today that I think I'll go down to the village and do a little shopping. How soon can you have it ready? Oh, it won't take a minute, Miss. The old cop's in the stable now, and I'll have one of the boys harness him right away. Good, I'll wait. By the way, I can reach the main road by going through that gate over there, can't I? Oh, yes, Miss. Uh, but there's a better road if you take the one that goes right past the house. No, I'll, I'll take this one. I, I don't want to pass the house. And hurry, will you? I, I don't want to be too late getting back. Oh, certainly, Miss. Oh, oh, oh there's old Rory into the pony cart, Porter, I want to go to London. Can you tell me when I can catch a train? Yeah, you're dead lucky, Miss. There's one due right there. It'll take you as far as Norwich, and then you'll get the express. Oh, Oh, there she is, coming up to the crossing now. Uh, what, the ticket? Yes, first class, please. Any luggage? No, none. No. Uh, here's your ticket, then. Eleven and ninepence, please. Thank you. Yes? What do you want? Is this Dr. Jekyll's client? Yes. But he's not at home. Oh, do you know when he'll be back? No, I haven't any idea. He's, uh, he's been gone for several days now. Oh, don't you know where he is? Oh, I need him dreadful bad. My, my little girl that's ill. Oh, if I don't get him sooner, I don't know what'll happen. Well, he isn't here. And it's no use your waiting. Oh, what am I going to do? Can't you get another doctor? I will have come to folks as poor as us, but Dr. Jekyll. We haven't any money to pay him with. Did you go to the clinic? Yes. There's no one there. It's all shut up. Oh, when is Dr. Lanyon coming, Betty? It's terrible with both of them away. Oh, he's on his honeymoon. He won't be back for another week. And even Miss Peters. Oh, it ain't right for them all to go and leave us like this. We've learned to count on them so much. Miss Peters? Yes. Oh, thank heaven you're back. Margie's back ill, Miss. I've, I've been off out of my mind. What's the matter with her? Oh, it's some sort of fever. She's tossing round and she's burning hot. She hasn't known me for the past two days. Oh, can you come and see her, Miss? Well, I, I wanted to see Dr. Jacobs. He isn't here. He's been gone away. There's no one left but you, Miss. Oh, don't say you won't come. You wouldn't let her die for want of help. All right, I'll come. He would have wished me to. Nelly, can I come inside and get some things? Yes, Miss, of course. Mrs. Forbes, you go back to your child. I'll get something to eat and some medicine and come over as soon as ever I can. Oh, heaven bless you, Miss. You don't know how wonderful it is to see you back again. My cab's still waiting. Take this money and get the man to drive you home. Keep your little girl warm and give her plenty to drink. I'll come see her in half an hour. Oh, thank you, Miss. Thank you a thousand times. Nellie, can you get me something hot to drink? I've come a long way. Oh, you feel it better, Miss? Yes, I, I'm all right. Nellie... When did you see Dr. Jekyll last? None of us has seen him since the day the day after you left, Miss. Did did he go away? No. Oh, I didn't like to tell that woman. But 
He's locked himself up in the building at the back of the house. Oh, Henry, my poor dog. And does... Does he never come out? No, miss. Not for anything. You're... You're not thinking of going to see him, miss. Why? Well, we've had orders to keep away. No one's allowed near the place except when there's third to be taken, of course. No. No, I'll... I'll not go there. I'll do what I can to keep on with his work. There are sick people in need of him. I don't think I can help him. But I can help them. And that is my duty. Are you well enough, miss? Well, of course I am. There are times when one must forget oneself, Nellie. And this is one of them. Now, will you please get me some food... And show me where the doctor keeps his surgical bag and medicines. This is what he would wish me to do. I know. And as long as I have strength, I'll do it. I want this little box of medicines, the thermometer, a stethoscope, some cotton wool. Do you know where the doctor keeps his antiseptics, Nellie? I'm not sure, Miss, but I think they're in that cabinet over there. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Now, I wonder what else I'll need. By the way, where's Poole? He went away yesterday morning, Miss. Went away? Yes. I'm not certain, but I think he's gone to try and get Dr. Lanyon to come back from his honeymoon. He... He's been awful worried over the master, miss. Yes, yes, I suppose so. Has Mrs. Poole been in charge while he's away? Yes, miss. She's downstairs now, getting a tray ready to take over to the doctor. A tray? That's his orders, miss. Three times a day, food's to be taken over to him. It's to be placed outside the door, and then whoever goes over with it is to leave at once. We never see him, miss. There's the empty tray waiting for us when we get back, and not another sign. I see there's Mrs. Poole coming up with his supper now, Miss. Will I tell her you're here? No, no. I'll go out and see her myself. Ask someone to get me a cab, will you? I, I must hurry away as soon as I can. Yes, Miss. I'll do it right away. Thank you. Mrs. Poole. Uh, Lord, Miss Peters, how you gave me a start. I never dreamt of seeing you back here so soon. Are you feeling better, Miss? Yes. Yes, I, I'm all right. There was nothing really the matter with me. I only needed a little rest. Tell me, Mrs. Poole, have you seen Dr. Jekyll? No, miss. None of us has. Not since the night after you left. And how was he then? Oh, dreadful, moody and depressed, miss. Never touched a bite of his food and didn't say a word to no one. Poole told me that he spent most of the night in his study writing letters. Round about daybreak, 
He heard him pacing up and down like as if he had something terrible on his mind. Yes. Go on. Well, you know, miss, that Poole's never the one to pry on his master. But the fact is that he was that worried he never slept a wink the whole night through. At last he got that bad that he got up out of his bed. Did he see the doctor? No, miss, but he heard him. He came back pale and trembling and sat on the edge of the bed not knowing what to do. He told me that he heard the doctor sobbing down in that empty room and it fair broke his heart to listen to him. Oh, if only I'd been here. Well, I don't know that you could have helped, miss. It wasn't long after that that we both of us heard him slam the door that leads to the courtyard at the back of the house. Then we heard his footsteps going over the paving stones and the sound of his key in the lock of that building where his laboratory is. I don't know why it was, miss, but the both of us held our breath. There seemed to be something strange about the sound of his footsteps dragging slow and terrible across them stones. And then... The doors shut, and there was silence. And there's not been any one of us has set our eyes on him from that time on. Oh, Miss Peters, what do you think's come over him? I don't know, Mrs. Poole. I, I don't know. But we must do as he says. Leave him alone and and hope and pray that it will pass. Uh, will you come out with me now? I daresn't go alone. I always get one of the maids to come with me. Why? What are you afraid of? Wait till you hear Hear what? Come with me now and listen for yourself. It's time I took this food across. I doesn't be a minute late. All right. Wait a minute. I'll open the door. Listen to that wind. Oh, I ate this courtyard. Always damp and never gets the sun. Look, the sky's quite bright, but it's dark in here already. Mind where you're going. Them stones are full of gold. Look what? Oh, it's him, sitting at the window. Oh, the poor gentleman, how pale and hilly he looks. Oh, he hasn't seen us yet. Don't move. Stay in the doorway, and I'll go and speak to him. Henry? Henry? Henry, what are you doing here? I came to see you, Henry. I, I heard that you were sick. I'm so glad to see you, dear. You must go away, Helen. Please don't send me away. I just want to be near you in, in case there's anything that I can do. No. No, it's quite impossible. You can do nothing. I beg of you to go. Now, at once. But, but why? Because... Oh, Helen. Dark in here. I can 
can hardly see a thing. There's a lantern just inside the door. Wait a minute till, till I light it. Thank you. There. Oh, that's better. Now, you wait here. Uh, where are you going, Miss Peters? I'm going to speak to him through the door. Oh, no, 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 you mustn't. Don't you realize that something dreadful has happened to Dr. Jekyll? Do you expect me to stand by and do nothing about it? But listen to that voice crying in the room up there. Is that Dr. Jekyll? Who, who else can it be? Whoever it is that's crying out like that, it's never Dr. Jekyll. I've served him 20 years, miss, and I couldn't be deceived. There's someone else in that room with him. But who it is and why he stays there is something that I dursn't even guess at. All the same, I'm going to speak to him. You wait here and I'll go up the stairs alone. Oh, I wish you wouldn't miss. I do indeed. She takes the tray to the door. Oh, oh dear. All right, then. I'll stay if you're nervous. Now, it'll be all right. It's, it's just that it fear gives me the creeps over there. Well, if I can go right up to that door and put the tray down, you ought to be able to stay down the ass. Very well, then, but don't be too long. Oh, you needn't worry over that. You go, Miss Peters. We'll be all right. I must go to that sick child. And if I miss this cab, goodness knows how long it will be before I get another one. Of course, Miss. Nellie, stop looking over your shoulder like that. There's nothing in that corner but a pile of empty boxes. I'll come back just as soon as I can, Mrs. Poole. Will you prepare a room for me? I'll stay here until... until Dr. Lanyon gets there. Yes, Miss, that I will. And I'll be right glad to have you with us. I'll... I'll be back about... about 11 o'clock, I suppose. And you'll find me sitting up. I'll have some supper ready for you. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I'll go back to the house. Oh, oh listen to him. Oh, do I, Mrs. Poole? Oh, I can't abide him if that's the truth. Oh, I'll go right away. Pull yourself together now like a good girl. Sorry, Miss. What have you got this door locked for? We, we always keep it locked when we get in call office. 
Who are you? Oh, I'm the kitchen, boy, miss. What are you doing up here in the main house? If you please, miss, all the servants have been coming up here at night. The servants all at the back. We hear you two girls playing there. I see. Well, well, I suppose it's all right. It's just poor letting us sit down the fire in the big entrance hall. It helps to keep our spirits up. Oh, there's nothing to be afraid of. The doctor's very ill, that's all. And there's no... Someone tell me. Paul. Paul, come in here. Dr. Lennon, get Thomas to help you carry Nellie in, too. She's coming round now. But tell me, tell me. Paul, we don't know. There's been an accident. Nellie's the only one who saw. Saw? Saw what? They were both out in the building where Dr. Jekyll is, and I... 
I think that he came out. Who came out? Who? Not him. Not Hyde. Oh, for pity's sake, not Hyde. Hush, man, you mustn't cry out like that. Let me go to her. We can't leave her alone with that fiend. Oh, Sarah. Sarah. Stop him. Stop him. Don't let him go. It isn't safe, I can't. Come back here. Come on, wait. You've got to think. Oh, let me go. Let me go. Don't you know it's my wife? All right, all right. We'll go together. But first, we must arm ourselves. Uh, where's the doctor keep his pistol? In the top drawer of that cabinet over there. Good. Gone. Gone? That means he's got them over there. Well, you mustn't go unarmed. Armed or not, I'm going. My wife is over there in that building with that creature out of hell. I'm going to her. If it's the last thing that I ever do. Paul. Paul, listen to me. Nellie says that that she's beyond the reach of help. She is. Beyond the reach of help. You don't mean... Yes. Nelly, can you tell him? Take this brandy. Try to be as calm as you can. Yes, What is it, Nelly? What happened? He, he opened the door just as she bent down with the tribe. She never saw him. Got a glimpse of his face and the light and, and then... And then he raised the stick and, and struck. And it was Edward Hyde. Yes. Edward. I... Oh, Lord, have pity on us. We saw him out in the courtyard. What? He's come out of the laboratory? Yes. Then he will act quickly. The man's a dangerous homicidal maniac. We've got to get him before he commits any more of his terrible crimes. What will you do? By rights, we should call in the police. Oh, no, 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 not that. My dear, what's the matter? Oh, don't you know what that means? It's, it's the gallows for him. And was there ever a man who walked this earth who more richly deserved to die in such a way? You don't understand... You don't know what you're saying. Helen, you'd never have pity for such a one as Hyde. But is it only Hyde that you're condemning? You mean Henry, too? Yes. Don't you know that there's some deep and dreadful bond between the two? Helen, have you thought what might have happened to Henry, too? Has he been shut away with this monster all this time and still not come to any harm? He's all right. He's alive. I saw him not... Not half an hour ago. He spoke to me. Are you sure of this? Certain. He was looking out the window as I went across the courtyard. Then? Well, don't you see that we must try and save him from himself? But how? We can't let Hyde go free. Well, we can't get out of that courtyard. It's surrounded on every side by a high stone wall. The only door into the street outside can't be opened. So how can he escape? And what would you have us do? Sir, if you will excuse me, I'm going out there. I can't stay here while I know my wife is lying in that place. Very well. I'll come too. We'll arm ourselves as best we can. After all, there are two of us. You can you can take some of the other men. There's Thomas and Bradshaw. And what chance would even Hyde have against four of you? All right. Call them, Paul. Tell them to get pokers or sticks of some sort. And don't tell the other servants. Call them upstairs and tell them separately. Can you do this? Aye, sir. I can. But if I so much as get my hands on him, I'm a God-fearing man, Dr. Lanyon. But right from the first moment I set eyes on that evil countenance, I longed to close my fingers round his throat. And now... 
I know. But we have no power to take justice into our own hands like that. Edward Hyde must face a sterner judge than you or I. For his sake and for mine, I pray I don't get near to him. really dark yet. Come along, then. Keep together. Be ready to seize him if he's still in the courtyard. Thomas, you can open the door. Yes, sir. He's not out there. No. Although he might be hidden in one of those shadows. What a dismal place this is. Always full of shadows. Look. There's a light. In the upper window. And that's his shadow. Pacing up and down. Up and down. Yes. You're right. But is it Hyde or Dr. Jekyll? Take a look, sir. Note the size of him. Yes. That's a smaller, lighter man than the doctor. It's him. It's Hyde. I've seen him too often to be mistaken. Very well, then. Let's go into the building. I say, keep that lantern shining while I head there. Oh, yes, sir. Quiet now. Poole, you'd better stay here with Thomas and let Bradshaw and me go ahead. You mean, sir? It might be better that way. It's all right, sir. Don't worry, sir. I'm man enough to face what may be coming to me. Very well, then, Poole. Follow me. All right. Oh, Laura. Look at them rats. The size of rabbits. Look. What's that up there? It's her. Poole, are you sure you wouldn't rather wait and let me go up the stairs to see? No. I'll face it, sir. I'll come. Very well. Come along. <gasps> Lord of mercy on us. Hold the lantern steady. Here. Help me turn her over. Yes, sir. Oh, Lord, Lord, just look, oh, Sarah, my Sarah. Oh, Poo, Poo, you mustn't give away like that. Oh, oh, Lord, it's him. Don't let him out. Whatever you do, don't let him out for mercy's sake. Quiet. Who are you in there? I'm Henry Jekyll. Then come out. It's Lennon here, Henry. You've got to come out of there. I can't. Henry, I demand to see you. 
You know there's been murder done out here on your very doorstep. You've got that man in there with you. You're hiding him. Have you gone mad? <laughs> I give you fair warning. Nothing can excuse you. You must and shall come out and hand this beast over to justice. If you don't do it of your own free will, then we'll force the law. Oh, you, for pity's sake, have mercy. If you could look on this poor woman lying at our feet, you'll have no mercy in your heart, either for the fiend who murdered her or the man who gave him shelter. I give you one more chance. No, no, I'm not going to... Very well, then. We must smash the law. <laughs> we do, sir? Shall I get an axe and break in the door? No, we, we can't do that. Things have got beyond our control now. We must... Uh, we must call in the police. You mean because of... Because of... We must t- not touch her. Nothing must be moved. Could I stay with her, sir? Please. I can't bear to think of her being alone in this dark, dismal place. Are you sure you feel able to bear it, Poole? Now that the first shock is over. I, I feel calmer, sir. All the same, I think Thomas had better remain with you. Bradshaw and I'll go back to the house. I'll send someone around to the police station right away. Then I'll come back to you. Could we take one of those pieces of cloth over there? Just cover her up, sir? Yes. Thomas, come and help me. Oh, my poor girl. My poor girl. She did it. Because I asked her to. I should never have asked her. I'll never forgive myself. Never. As long as I live. There. That hides her from your sight. Come along, Bradshaw. We'll go. Bradshaw. You go to the police station and tell them what happened. Tell them to hurry. We know Hyde's locked in that room now. But at any moment, he might take it into his head to break up. Yes, sir. I'll go right away. Is that you, Dr. Langston? Oh, Helen, I... I was just coming to look for you. What did you find in there? Is she... Is she dead? Yes. It was instantaneous, I should think. How oh, dreadful. How unspeakably dreadful. What are you going to do? I have just sent Bradshaw for the police. The police? There's no alternative. I know. So that's to be the end. The gallows. Strange, 
He told me once of a prophecy. An old gypsy woman on a windswept heath. She warned him that this would be his fate. Who were you talking about? Did you know Edward Hyde? Edward Hyde? Yes. Yes, I knew him. But I knew Henry Jekyll best. Helen, look at me. Do you feel all right? I know what you're thinking. Paul told you that I've been ill, didn't he? Yes. They thought I'd gone out of my mind. It wasn't so. And you needn't look at me as though you're afraid of it again. I know what I know. And soon you'll see it and know it too. Can't you tell me what you mean? I can't tell you. You must see for yourself. You must look on a sight that will freeze the blood in your veins and shake your very life to its foundation. Helen, Helen, what are you talking about? Oh, don't about? ask me. There are no words. You must wait and see what you will see. I can shut away the horrors of tonight by shutting the door. Oh, go, go. One or two more. What does it matter? If the end must come, let it be soon. to him through the door, Dr. Landon. Yes, just a few minutes ago, Inspector. He can't get out without our knowing it. There's only one door. Is anybody keeping watch? Yes, two men. I don't think we ought to delay too long. He's been out once tonight, and we want no more murders. You're right, we don't. I'll get my men. The whole place is surrounded now, but we need half a dozen or so to be with us when we break in. You've got tools? Yes, an axe and a crowbar. You'll need them. The door's particularly thick and strong. Let's get started, then. The men are waiting outside. I'll throw them in. This is a strange-looking place. What was it used for? Dr. Jekyll was very interested in chemical research, Inspector. He has his laboratory out here. And he and that beast Hyde have been shut up together for the past week. As far as I know, they have been. But none of us knew about Hyde until tonight. What on earth could a fine gentleman like the doctor be doing with a brute like that? Heaven only knows. 
That's what I've been asking myself ever since I knew. Well, we'll soon find out. A lot of mysteries are going to be cleared up tonight, I fancy. Uh, here we are. I'll open the door and let you in. Oh, therefore... Yes, sir. Here. I've brought Inspector Martin and some of his men. Has anything happened since I left? Listen, Inspector. You can hear him now. Doesn't sound human. No more he is. Look what he did to my wife. Oh, just look. Isn't that the work of a fiend? Steady on, old man. You shouldn't have stayed here so long. Do you think the poor soul could be taken across to the house now, Inspector? We thought it better not to move her till you came. But there's no doubt about who did it. None at all. Yes, there's no point in leaving her here any longer. Ted, you and Harry carry her across. We'll be able to do the job without you. Well, I don't think you'll put up much of a fight from the sound of him. I wouldn't depend on that if I were you. Oh, we're all armed. If he shows the least sign of trouble, we'll know how to settle him. No, I'd hate to cheat the hangman of his job. Hanging's too good for him. If I had my way... Don't mind, Paul, my poor fellow. We know how you feel. But Hyde will pay the penalty. Never fair. Are you ready, men? Yes, sir. All ready. I'll go up to the door. Have your guns ready and be prepared for anything. Yes, sir. Yes, Open this door in the name of the law. No! No! Edward Hyde, I command you to open this door and come out. Or I'll give orders for it to be smashed down. No, I can't! I can't! I will count three. One. Two. Three. Come along, George and Bert. Don't waste time. Down with it! My dear, you must go back to the house. This is no place for you. Oh, it is, it is. I must be here. You don't understand. Please, please don't break in that door. You don't know what's there. We know that the murderer of two innocent people is there. And something else. Dr. Lanyon, you're his friend. Don't you realize what you're doing? Helen, Helen, you mustn't get excited like this. You must calm down. What's come over you? Would you have us let this creature go? Oh, but I love him. I love him. No matter what he's done or what he's guilty of. I love him. In pity's name, what are you talking about? Henry Jekyll. They're the same person. Jekyll and Hyde. If you destroy one, you destroy the other. Oh, can't you understand? What on earth she's talking about? I haven't got the biggest idea. Helen, please go back to the house. You don't know what you're saying. I do, I do. Oh, won't anyone believe me? I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it. He came to my house. He swallowed the drug. And I saw him change. Dr. Lanyon, I think we'd better take her away, sir. This is how she was when... when the doctor was so worried over her. Yes. I can see that for myself. Helen, dear. 
I want you to do as I ask. Won't you go back to the house and leave this grim business to us? Heaven alone knows what we'll see when we do break in that door. I know what you'll see. You'll see a sight that will strike you dumb with horror. That will freeze the blood in your veins. But I must see it too. I've seen so much. Suffered so much. I must see the end. Tell them to go on. I'll be calm. I know it has to be. Go on, men. Smash in the door! you can do. I can see the end. Please, you must let me stay. You must. Have you done, Freddy, man? Don't tell you not to try to ask you. What are they going to do? They want you to die. Come on, right oh, in. You can. Come on, right in. Oh. Look, what's the matter? There, on the floor. Oh. I thought he would. Dead. But look, sir. That's not Edward Hyde. What do you mean? Don't you see, sir? That's a big man. Hyde was little more than a dwarf. That body lying there is Dr. Jekyll. By heaven. I believe you're right. Inspector, did you hear that? Yes. Come along. Let's go and make sure. Watch out the entrance, men. Hyde must be somewhere in the building still. Search it from top to bottom. Yes, sir. Yes. What is it, Doctor? Is it murder? No. I don't think so. Don't you see that glass lying near his hand? Smell of almonds. The odor of one of the most deadly of all poisons. He knew what he was doing. We searched the old place, sir. There's not the slightest trace of hide. But that's impossible. We heard him in this room. He must have got out by some secret door. Are you certain he hasn't slipped through the cordon? Well, there hasn't been the slightest sign of him, sir. There's a man stationed every few feet. If you will excuse me, Doctor, I'll have to go and see about this. Yes. Yes. Go along. We'll stay here until you come back. <laughs> Hello, dear. Drink this. There. And now, my dear... Won't you sit down? Why? There's a letter here. Addressed to me. Then... 
Then read it. I think I know what you'll find written inside. And it seems right that you should read it here, in this room. The place where he made his experiments. The scene of his terrible triumph. And his terrible death. You make me almost afraid to read. But you must. It's the last chapter in the life of your friend. You must know it. Very well, then. You, my dear friend, when this shall have reached your hands, I shall have passed beyond the scope of mortal friendship and of mortal pain. But because I know the bewilderment and the terror which the act I contemplate will arouse in you, I feel it my duty to tell you the full story of my distorted life. As you know, I was born to a large fortune, endowed with enough graces and distinctions to render life unusually fortunate, and with every guarantee of an honorable and distinguished future. Young Markham, I think, marked the start of that dreadful path which has led me to this tragic end. If it hadn't been for you, I'd never have gone there. Never have spoken to those girls, never drunk their beastly wine. But you wouldn't tell the head, Markham. I would, I tell... Good heavens, Jacob. Why are you looking at me like that? What's come over you? Don't stare at me that way. Your eyes. What's the matter with your eyes? Keep away. What are you going to do? Don't bury your teeth like that. You're a terrible... Jacob, don't! Don't keep away from that window! Keep away, you fool! Even you, my dearest friend, never knew the truth about Hetty Wilson. I don't know why I didn't die. That's the truth. I thought about it often enough. I went down to the river once, but there was always the hope that there'd be a letter next day, or I'd see you in the street. You wondered how it came that I was with our old master, Professor Harriet, when he died, and what bond there was between us. Final ultimate test. Oh, but, but this is blasphemy. You're going to rip apart the veils that, that hide the human soul. Galileo was threatened with a rack and the wheel of inquisition for the blasphemy of saying that the earth revolved round the sun. And I am prepared to accept the torture that will follow the taking of this preparation for the sake of my beliefs. Are you prepared to stay and witness what follows? Yes. Yes, I'll stay. Good. I now drink to the cause of science. And Margaret. What can I say about Margaret? My only excuse is that I truly love her. Henry, if I only understood you better, but there's something so strange and, and wild about you. At times you seem so old, as though you'd lived for a thousand years. Don't try to understand me. Just love me, Margaret. Love me forever, no matter what happens, no matter what I do. Otherwise, I'm lost. I know I am. I do love you. Oh, if you only knew how much. Inevitably follows 
the death of her father. Even as I write, I am sickened with the memory of this most frightful crime in the long register of horrors that lie against the name of Hyde. Hyde, stop this. I've done nothing to you. Haven't you? If you hadn't kept Margaret away from me, Edward Hyde would have ceased to exist long ago. She would have made all the difference. Look on your work, O oh righteous man, and see what you have called forth out of the darkness of a human soul. You foul obscenity. Take my daughter's name off your lips. You're the vilest, most repulsive creature I've ever set my eyes on. The world would be a better place to be rid of you, and God willing, I shall do it. Yeah, kill me, would you? And Helen. Ah, Hugh, my friend, what would we do without these brave, loyal women who have glorified our lives? Heaven knows. I knew how little I had to take from her, the rich treasure that she offered me. I'll marry you, Henry. And whatever this black thing is that you've got in the background of your life, I'll help you fight it. And if I don't succeed, if it gets too strong for me, I'll still love you. No matter what you've done, what you may have become. Please stop. I, I can't stand anymore. There are only a few more lines. I think you ought to hear them, Helen, dear. Go on, then. You will see by the terms of my will, which I enclose, that provision has been made for you to maintain the clinic and to increase its staff enough to enable you and Helen to cope with the many sick and needy ones who constantly besiege its doors. Here then, as I lay down the pen, seal up my confession, I must bring to an end the life of that unhappy man who was your friend and confidant, Henry Jekyll. This letter is written in his hand. His body lies before me. Yet I can't believe. I know. I saw the terrible transformation take place before my very eyes. And even I can't believe. If I make this confession of his public, no one will believe it. They'll say it's the ravings of a madman. We can't do that. Let his secret die with him. There's the fire. All you've got to do is put it in. Have we the right? Henry Jekyll made a great discovery. Perhaps one of the greatest of all time. Someday the dark experiments he made may reach perfection in the hands of other men. It may be that the forces that destroyed him because of his imperfect knowledge may be the means of conferring immeasurable benefits on some suffering wretches who would otherwise be doomed to insanity and death. In the realm of science, nothing is impossible. Those were his very words. Yes. Who are we in our ignorance to condemn him? Who are we to dare destroy the records of his life? What shall we do then? I shall keep this letter. 
And I'll search this laboratory for every scrap of data, every record he ever made. Professor Marriott passed on the secret of his work to Henry. I must find someone who is worthy to receive the trust from him. Yes. Yes, I think you're right. And now, we'll cover this beloved face for the last time. Turn down the lamp that shed its light so steadfastly on the dark agony of his experiments. And close the door of this little secret room that saw the best and the worst of Henry Jekyll and of Edward Hyde. May God have mercy on his soul. Amen. And so concludes Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Adapted for radio by Betty Rowland from the story by Robert Louis Stevenson and the George Edwards production. y'all were ready for the strawberry um and it comes from an episode of suspense that is one of my favorites uh it's called dead earnest and some of you may be familiar with it but it's about a guy who he gets run over by a car and um it appears to have killed him because they can't get any signs of life whatsoever. He, they don't get any heartbeat or they don't get any breathing. And so he, um, so he appears dead. It's called, um, catalepsy. And I asked Alexa if there was such a thing and she gave me something that I didn't even ask for. So, <laughs> uh, So I'll try to find out again. I meant to before I got into this, but it's been a busy morning. So, but anyway, he what happens is he appears to be dead, and uh, he has a note in his jacket about you know asking people not to embalm him and uh, for seventy-two hours. Uh, but he said, because he said he's not, not dead, and he said the condition usually lasts him maybe four hours, and then he's awake again. So, uh, but a lot happens within that, and I, and I don't want to tell you too much, but it's one of my favorite episodes, and I hope y'all will like it as much as I do. But I love suspense. I love suspense and the whistler. (laughs) 
And that is my strawberry and whipped cream for the day. So I'm putting it on top of the sundae. And pling, there it goes. So y'all enjoy y'all's sundae or bowl of ice cream or whatever you're having, popcorn. And I'll be back in just a few. Yes, Roma wines taste better. Because only Roma selects from the world's greatest wine reserves for your pleasure. And now, Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Roma Wines present... Suspense! Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Mr. Wally Mayer in Dead Earnest. A suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those better-tasting California wines enjoyed by more Americans than any other wine. For friendly entertaining, for delightful dining. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant. As Roma Wines bring you Wally Mayer in a remarkable tale of... Suspense. Accident report submitted to Police Inspector Blandon from Lieutenant Steve Healy. Place 15th Street and 4th Avenue. Time 2.45 p.m. March 11. Remarks. Ernest Bowers, age 34, was crossing the intersection as signal light changed from green to red. A car driven by Theodore Toby made legal right turn from 15th Street into 4th Avenue. Hey, hey, look out! <laughs> Come on now, let me throw here. All right, stand back. Let's have a look. Is he hurt bad, officer? I didn't see him. Honest, I didn't. I had the right of way. He's passed out. Uh, one of you people called for an ambulance. Yeah, you. Okay, move back, move back he's, here. He's bleeding. Here, I'll prop up his head. Yeah, use his jacket. Here, I'll hold him. Golly, he's limp. Feels just like he's dead. Yes, Ernest Bowers felt like he was dead. Ernest Bowers suffered from catalepsy, a strange disease. He carried at all times a note in his inside coat pocket stating that he was a cataleptic and that in the event of seeming death, his wife should be immediately notified or his doctor in the event his wife is unavailable. The letter also requested that no autopsy or embalming should be performed on his body for 72 hours, although in his particular case, the duration of the attacks were usually four hours or less. Ernest Bowers also wore a sterling silver bracelet with an inscription reading, Do not embalm me. I am not dead. Catalepsy is a disease of the nerves and mind. The physical condition of the cataleptic when he is under a spell closely resemble death in all aspects, including the primary stages of rigor mortis. Officer Abbott was at the scene of the accident. He administered first aid to the injured man before making out his report. Well, that ought to stop the bleeding. Looks like just a cut on his forehead when he hit the ground. 
Nothing much. Oh, he can't be hurt bad, officer. I, I didn't hit him hard. Yeah, that's right, officer. I saw it. I, I, it looked like just a little bump. All right, now, clear sleep. back, clear oh, back. Let's have a little air here. Right. I'll have to take down some information. What's your name? Uh, Theodore Toby. Here, uh, here's my license. Hey, hey, you kids. Now, what did those kids do? Oh, here it comes. I hope he's all right. It doesn't look like he's breathing. My gosh, he ain't. I told you to get back. Now, come on. He's back. All of you here. All right. Let us through here, please. Hello, Doc. Glad you got here. He's out cold. Yeah, I say he is. Now, have a look. Well, let's get him away. He's dead. Well, anyway, it didn't happen in the coach. Okay. We'll take him away. Uh, Keep them back, officer, will you? Okay. Keep back. Come on, clear out. Show's over. All right. It's the second one today. Yeah. Well, let's go. Whose jacket was that he was laying on? Well, I don't know. Did you pick it up? Nope. Hey, officer. Yeah. Where's the jacket? What? Well, the, the jacket, the guy's jacket. Oh, uh. Oh, my gosh, it's gone. Well, okay. Oh, those kids. You Never mind. Let's go, Payton. Ernest Bowers had lost the identification of his condition. The letter was in the inside pocket of his jacket. The silver chain he wore on his left wrist had snapped and fallen to the pavement. Two youngsters picked up the chain, Robert Manelli, age nine and a half, and Tommy Stoner, eight. Hey, that cop yelled at us. Did you hear him? Yeah. Maybe we should give it back. No, what for? So he can keep it. Let's go around the back to your father's shop, Bob. Sure is a nice chain. Hey, there's writing on it. Maybe it's the guy's name. Was he hurt bad? Hey, what's it saying? Oh, just a second. We'll be out of the alley. Yeah, Pop's gone home to eat. Can you read it now? Wait a second, will you? It says, do not involve, do not something me. I am not dead. Ah, screwy. What do we do with it? Sell it, Dopey. I, well, that's stealing, Bob. It ain't stealing. We found it, didn't we? When, when we tried to sell it, they'll ask us where we got it. What do we tell them? Nothing. I use your head. You know what we'll do? What? We'll use Pop's welding torch. We'll melt it down. But but he told us not to use it. Pop ain't here, is he? No. Well, come on. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Now, here, you put it on that brick. Okay? Yeah. Better be careful. What are you kids doing? What? Oh, uh... Oh, hello, Pop. Nothing, Mr. Manelli. We ain't doing nothing. Nothing, eh? I thought I told you kids not to go need the torch. Well, we, we want to melt this come down. Come on, come on. Give me that. Now, what's it all about? Well, we found this chain, Papa, and we want to melt it down and sell it. Chain and melt? Who's is it? We don't know, do we, Tommy? No, 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 we don't. Yeah, where, where you get it? We found it. Oh, come on, come on. Let me have it. There's nothing wrong, Pop. We just found it, see? It's all. Oh, sh- Shut up. Do not em- embalm me. I am not dead. What's that? It's screwy. Well, where do you find it? In the street. Honest, Pop. Ask Tommy. All right. Go on. Get out of here. How about melting it down, Pop? We can sell it and buy some baseballs. Uh, all right. I'll keep back. 
Yeah. Look at Tommy. You see it? Yeah. Starting to melt. You see how he does it? Keep away, I told you. It's all melted. They sold the melted chain for a dollar thirty to a dealer. One dollar and thirty cents. But the coat, the coat was the principal thing. In the coat, in the inside pocket was the letter. The information about Ernest Bauer's condition was in the letter. The instructions that could save his life. The coat was picked up from the street by Honest Jerry Murdoch. Now there's a big sign near the corner of 15th Street. It says... Honest Jerry Murdoch, swap shop. He brought the coat into a store, rummaged around on his shelves until he found some cleaner, then started to clean the bloodstains. Uh, I'm looking for a sport jacket. Oh, uh, just a moment. What kind? Conservative. Oh, come over here, please. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, something on that order. Hey, yeah, just pick out what you want. Uh, how much you want to spend? About five bucks. Oh, these cost more. How much? From 8 to 12. Now, over here we got some cheap. These don't look so hot for 8 bucks. From 8 to 12. Over here. Well, I'll take a look. Mm. Yeah. No, these don't appeal to me. Yeah, what size do you wear? 40. Oh, here. Try this one on. Mm-hmm. Nice and conservative. There. Yeah. It's kind of tight around the shoulders. Yeah, tight. Yeah, it looks little... cheesy. Yeah. Well, I guess you ain't got what I want. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait. What's your hurry? I'm... Just putting a new one in stock over here by the county. Huh? Ah, that looks all right. What size is it? Yeah, I don't know. Here, let, let's try it on you, okay. huh? Now, how's that? Yeah, ah, this feels all right. All right. Yeah, it's kind of stiff in front here. It's almost new, ain't it? You'll break it in. It feels like cardboard or something. Look, you want it? Five dollars. Okay. Uh, there might be still a couple stains on it. I had not time to take them out. You use some cleaner on it to bring it to the Taylor's Hill spot. It'll be better than new. Yeah, here. Here's the five. Ernest Bowers was brought to the receiving room of the Veta General Hospital. The time, 4.10. If Bowers was going to awaken, it would probably be before 6.45. Intern on duty, Dr. Weldon made out his report. He wrote it down while he was standing near the telephone switchboard. Uh, this is the Veta General Hospital. Is there anybody by the name of Bowers at home that's Bowers? B-O-W-E-R-A. No, nobody home. Is Mr. Bowers married? His wife thinks so. Uh, where can I reach her? There's been an accident. I don't know. She's out. Uh, will you tell her to call the Veta General Hospital? Yeah. What happened? Mr. Bowers is dead. That's funny. Just a superficial cut on the forehead. Well, that's cardiac. They come and they go. Uh, get me the orderly room, honey. Okay, use that phone there. Right. Yeah? This is Dr. Weldon. There's a delivery for you to go to the morgue. Morgue now? Yeah. I ain't had anything to eat since... Yeah, since... I know. Since lunch. Go on now. It's down in the receiving room. The papers are down there, too. Can I get a sandwich first? No. Go on. Get going. Oh, why can't I wait a few minutes? It's got to go now. They'll want to start the embalming so they can go home. It was then 4.22 in the afternoon. Dr. Theodore J. Weldon left uh, Honey at the switchboard and walked upstairs to the intern quarters and settled down to reading the sports page of the afternoon paper. 
At that moment, if anyone had been in receiving room B of the Vetter General Hospital where the body of Ernest Bowers lay on the patient carriage, they would have seen a fly crawl slowly across the face of the dead man, and they would have seen his nose twitch. For suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you an all-star cast of Hollywood radio players headed by Wally Mayer in Dead Earnest, a radio play by Celie Glester and Merwin Gerard. Roma Wines' presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Between the acts of suspense, this is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. In Roma Wine, you enjoy an important difference. Yes, Roma gives you an extra dividend of enjoyment in fuller bouquet, richer body, and better taste. To bring you better tasting wines every time, Roma selects from California's choicest grapes. Then, with ancient skill and America's finest winemaking resources... Roma Master Ventners guide this grape treasure to tempting taste perfection. These choice wines are placed with mellow Roma wines of years before. And from these reserves, the world's greatest reserves of fine wines, Roma later selects for your pleasure. That's why more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. That's why you will find Roma California wine your best buy in good taste. So, whether you prefer sherry or port, muscatel or tokay, insist on Roma wine. R-O-M-A. Roma. The greatest name in wine. And now, Roma wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage, Wally Mayer, who, as Police Lieutenant Healy, heads an all-star cast of Hollywood radio players in Dead Earnest, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Henry Prince had purchased the coat in which was the letter that could save the life of Ernest Bowers. When Henry Prince left Honest Jerry Murdoch's second-hand store, he stopped to have a chat with some friends, made some purchases at the grocery store, and then started home. The time, a few minutes after five. He lived about two blocks from the scene of the accident, and his wife was waiting for him. Yeah. How do you like it for five bucks? Oh, it looks all right. You lose some of that weight. Look better. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's that? It's five? Where? Take it off a minute. Yeah. Here. Yeah? Yeah. I wonder what that is. Oh, he said there were a couple of spots. Cleaner will take them out. Yeah, it looks like it might be. What's this in the pocket? Hmm? I don't know. Heaven's sake. To whom it may concern, please open and read. Well, that's what must have felt stiff, huh? Yeah. Hmm. This note is carried on my person wherever I go. Hmm? It is to advise responsible parties that I am a a cataleptic. That if it appears as though I am dead, I am not. And that my body is not to be molested for a period of 72 hours. Neither by autopsy nor by embalming. Although the... Maximum periods of my attacks usually do not exceed four hours. 
Please telephone my wife, Mrs. Margaret Bowers, at Fulton 11231. This is a boarding house, address 8411 half West 25th Street. If she is not there, please try to ask Mr. 43422. This is the number of Dr. Benton. It is of vital importance. It may mean my life. Thank you, Ernest Bowers. Yeah, that's a funny one. Where'd you get that jacket, Harry? That honest Jerry Murdoch. Gee, I wonder what we can do. Well, nothing. It's probably forgotten already. Somebody sold the jacket to him, forgot to take the letter off. Doesn't sound like something a guy'd forget. No, the devil. Well, it might be important. Say, look at that, Harry. Those hmm? spots look like blood. No, too dark. That's the color that blood turns. I'm going to telephone that number. Well, go ahead, but I think you're wasting your time. Oh, well, hush, will you, a minute? Oh, for crying out loud. Keep still. Hello. I- I'd I'd like to talk to Mrs. Uh, Bowers. She ain't in. Well, how do you know? You didn't even go to she find... She went out, and you ain't the first after her. Who else wanted to get in touch with her? Oh, somebody. I don't know who. Oh, well, thank you. There, you see? You're wasting your time. I'll try that doctor. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Turn into a regular busy fight. Well, think of somebody else. Well, I'm getting hungry. Oh, hush, will you? Oh, hush, will you? Oh, baby. Uh, how about some dinner? It's cooking. It's cooking. Honestly, I can't get it out of my head. That guy, whoever he is, just lying there and people thinking him dead when he ain't. Maybe doing things to him. Gee, what's embalming? Oh, well, they do that at the morgue. It's preparing his body for burial. I think they take all the blood out of his veins. For heaven's sakes, that'd kill him if he wasn't already dead. (laughs) Couldn't kill him any deader. Harry, I'm going to find out about that coat. Now, where's this place you bought? Now, wait a minute, Francis. I put in a good day's work. I'm tired. I don't want to run around the city looking for something I don't even know about. Well, I'll go myself. How about me at home here while you go out? I want to eat. I'm hungry. Well, dinner won't be ready for another 15 minutes anyway. Where's the place? Oh, all right. I'll go with you. Pardon me. Sure. What do you have? We, we want to find out about the man next door. Do you know when we'll come back? Oh, honest, Jerry? Yeah. No. Are you there? No, he isn't. Harry, listen, go take another look, huh? I'll try that number again. Oh, crap, I haven't said I'm hungry. This, oh. Well, he ain't back yet. Well, what does his sign say? Ten minutes? Yeah, but those guys put up signs like that if they're going away for an hour. Well, we'll just wait a couple of more minutes. Oh, come on, Francis. Oh, no. uh, wait. I'm gonna run Is Mrs. Bowers in? No. Uh, Mr. Bowers. He's dead. He is? That's what they tell me. Well, look, uh, listen, will you, will You're you please... bothering me, lady. I got a meal set up on the table. I can't be answering a million yeah. questions. Uh, all, all I want to know is when Mr. Bowers died. How do I know? Ask Mrs. Bowers. She'll be home soon. Yeah, well, thanks. Well? Mr. Bowers is dead. I found that out. Oh, you see? I told well, you. Well, what about the letter, then? What if he ain't dead? What if they only think he's dead? Well, what do you want to do? Wait here all night? If I have to. Well, without me, then. Well, just do as you please. I'll be home. I'm hungry. It's after six. 
If you think more of a crazy letter than you do of feeding your own husband, then that's all. What do you mean, that's all? Just what I said. That's oh, all. Oh, Harry, the trouble with you is you haven't got any imagination. No, I haven't got any imagination. I'm just a home-loving guy. That's oh. all. I don't go sticking my nose where it don't belong. Oh, well, for heaven's sake, go home then. I'll find out about it. Think of something beside your stomach once in a while. Uh, officer, officer. Yes, ma'am? Uh, do, you, do you know where the fellow who owns that swap shop lives? Uh, Honest Jerry Murdoch? No, ma'am, I don't. Oh, dear. Gee, I want to get in touch with him. And there's a sign on his door saying... Why don't you ask him, ma'am? There he is now. Huh? He's going in over oh, there. Oh, gee, thank you. Mr. Murdoch? Yeah? Mr. Oh, gee. Sure glad you came back. Oh, come in, come in. Just out having a bite tea. Yeah, listen, uh, yeah? you sold my husband a jacket, a sport jacket this afternoon. Uh, did I? What kind? Well, uh, a light blue one with little red boxes in it. it. It had a few stains on it. Oh, sorry. I can't take anything back once it's no, sold. No, no, no. I, I don't want to give it back. Uh, listen, where did you get it, Mr. Murdoch? How can I remember where I got it? Long ago? Was it very long ago? I don't see what's any of your business where I got it. Well, it may be important. I've been trying to reach the numbers. The doctor's number's always busy, and his his, uh, his wife isn't home yet. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Look, tell me one thing, just one thing. Did you have the jacket in here a long time? Well... Oh, please, listen, it's very important. Well, no, no, I just got it in this afternoon. Well, where did you get it? Look, you said one question, you asked it, I answered it, that's all. There was blood on it. Well, that I can't help. Listen, I... if that man's alive and they do anything to him, I'll just never get over it. I'll never be able to live with myself. What are you talking about? Listen I... to me. Uh, there was a letter in the inside pocket of that jacket, you see. It, it said that Ernest Bowers was a cataleptic. What's that? He goes into fits? No, no, no. A cataleptic is somebody who, who looks like he's dead at times, and, and he isn't. It... He goes into a spell, and it looks as though he's dead. You see, sometimes yes. they take dead bodies to the morgue. They embalm them. That means they take all the blood out of their veins. Now, now, this fellow Bowers is a cataleptic. I don't know whether he's dead or alive, or even if he, he's worrying about this letter, but i got to find out. I, uh, I, there was... What? What? An accident before. Where? Who, who was in it? I don't know. Believe me, lady, I didn't know anything about all this. You think that this guy was taken away in an ambulance was a catalepsy? That coat, was it his? Yeah, lady, but it was left there in the street. They drove away and left. Who? The ambulance. What ambulance? I, I don't know. It was on the corner. The oh. cop was there. He told somebody to call an ambulance and came and took away the man. Is that the cop out there right now? Yeah, yeah, but look, look, you're going to protect me. I ain't done anything wrong. I didn't know anything like this had happened. I've never taken a coat at the Officer! Officer! Ernest Bowers lay on a slab at the moor. If he were alive, probabilities were that he would regain consciousness before 6.45. The two embalmers on duty at the time had decided to get a bite to eat. When the phone rang. Yeah, but we're going out to eat. Yeah, I know another one just came in. We got it here. Well, what's the rush? No, no, we just want to grab a cup of coffee. We'll get right on it. Well, is it our fault if it comes in just when we want to have a... Oh. Well, we can go home after? Yeah, that puts a different complexion. Okay. Yeah. Hey, what time is it, Anthony? 6.30. Good. Doc says if we embalm this one now, we can go home. Well, let's start in, then. I'm hungry. Okay, I'll start the motor. Young guy, ain't he? Yeah. I was saying to the wife about that yesterday. Oh, get the injector out, will you, Tony? Yeah. She was saying more and more people die older and older. Here. Yeah, it looks like we can open through the neck. Yeah. Give me a piece of that gauze. Yeah. I said to Velma, she should be around this place a while. We get them all ages. Okay. You want me to do it? Uh, no, no. You get the injector ready. <laughs> Look at him. 
You'd never think that such a little thing like his heart stops beating could make him dead and not alive. Yeah. Okay. Now, hold us steady, will you? Yeah. Ready? Uh, just a second. Yep. All right. Here we go. Hmm. What's the matter? My glasses. They're clouding up. Take them off. Ah, that's all right. I'll just clean them. What'd the wife say to that? What? Oh, about all ages? Yeah. Oh, she didn't have anything to say. Only that most of the guys we deal with probably come to a violent end. <laughs> yeah, there's something in that. Yeah. Okay, I got my glasses clean. Now, let's see here. Hmm. What's the matter? They're steamed up again. That's funny. Every time I bend over and it... I wonder. What? Ah... It must be my imagination. What? Oh, I could have sworn this guy was breathing on my glasses. Is he? No, how could he? Well, come on then, let's go. It's a quarter to seven already. Yeah. Oh, hold it, I'll get the phone. No, no, let's get this started first. Uh, okay. Now, we'll just... Now! Huh? I... I... What's the matter with you? I... I thought I... Saw this guy's hand twitch. Oh, don't be silly. That gave me a scare. Uh, let's wait a second. I'll, I'll get the phone. No, no, it'll probably be another job and we'll never get out of here. Now, let it ring. But the doc said we could go home after... Oh, all right. Well, come on. Let's get this thing over with. Now, okay, now. Give me the knife again. All right. Now, I'll make a nice, neat little incision right... Hey, Tony. Yeah? Look, I'm bent over like this, see? I, I ain't gonna move. My glasses are full of steam again. Oh, Lord. Is... Is he alive? Hey, look at me. I, I'm shaking all over. Look at him, Al. Look at his lips. Huh? Listen. I, I, shut that thing off. Apparently, the life of Ernest Bowers was worth $1.30 for a silver bracelet to the boys who ran away with it, and $5 for a blood-stained jacket to Honest Jerry Murdoch. Their petty thefts brought a man to the brink of death. As for the busy telephone in the doctor's office, it wasn't busy at all. The good doctor had unwittingly replaced the receiver on the phone stand incorrectly. There is, um, there's just one more episode which perhaps does not belong in an accident report, but which I would like to include. After regaining full consciousness, Ernest Bowers put in a telephone call from the morgue. 
Hello. Hello, Mrs. Brawley. Is Mrs. Bowers in? I don't know. I'll see. Josie, see if Mrs. Bowers is home. Who is it? This is Mr. Bowers. Who? Mr. Bowers? They told me you was dead. The hospital called and said... I know, Mrs. Brawley, but they made a mistake. Well, darling, it's quite a long story. Well, you never see, I... mind. You get right home, you hear? Your dinner's getting ice cold. Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A, Roma. America's favorite wine. In just one moment, we'll have a special announcement of interest to our suspense listeners. This is Truman Bradley reminding you that Roma wines taste better because Roma selects better-tasting wines from the world's greatest wine reserves. Yes, in Roma wine, you enjoy an extra premium goodness in fuller bouquet, richer body, and better taste. That's why more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. So insist on Roma, a premium wine in everything but price. Tomorrow, enjoy the ruby richness of Roma California Port, delicious after dinner, ideal for entertaining. Now, it is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Don Thornburg, Vice President of the Columbia Broadcasting System. Ladies and gentlemen... Your regular suspense listeners will, I'm sure, be pleased to know that your suspense program has won the 1946 George Foster Peabody Award for Outstanding Excellence in Radio Drama. In behalf of the Columbia Broadcasting System, I congratulate producer William Spear, the actors, the musicians, sound effects men, technicians, announcers, and the sponsor, Roma Wines whose combined efforts have earned for suspense the well-deserved title of Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrill. Dead Earnest, heard this evening, is one of the plays upon which the Peabody Award was based. It was repeated by popular request. Next Thursday, same time, Roma Wines bring you Mr. Robert Mitchum as star of Suspense, Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills. Produced and directed by William Spear for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. Well, guys and gals, I wish I could set with you, set a spell with you a little bit longer. And, uh, but it's time for me to leave the air so somebody else can come on and do something. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do next week yet. I haven't decided, but there's all kinds of possibilities. So, this is Pepsi Mama signing off, and y'all have a great week, and come back and see me next week.